acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jordan Gonsalves, and I'm a journalist. Join me on my new podcast, But We Loved, where queer elders recount the amazing history they've lived through. In the middle of Wall Street, they stopped traffic. They were doing a die-in. And in the process, share little gems of wisdom for the next generation. The key is to understanding yourself, learning to love and embrace yourself. You can listen to But We Loved on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to level up your marketing and business knowledge, look no further than the Marketing School Podcast, hosted by Neil Patel and yours truly, Eric Sue. It is the number one marketing podcast on Apple and number 15 on business in the United States. Now, if you want to listen to interesting conversations with operators that have been there, done that, also with other interesting guests, then listen to Marketing School every weekday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Go behind the wheel and under the hood on everything automotive with high-speed stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Scott Benjamin, the auto editor at HowStuffWorks. I'm here with Ben. And I, it's going pretty well, Scott. Good, good. Hey, Ben, um, normally I don't start the podcast, but I'm so excited to get into today's topic that I think uh, I, I just wanted to jump right in. We're going to talk about pace cars today. Pace cars, you mean racing, I assume. Pace cars that, uh, yeah, lead races. You know what? I have always heard about these, but what exactly are they? Well, Simple. I mean, pace cars are, uh, and you probably can guess this just by watching w- watching any race. You could see they they uh, they lead the pack. They they pace the field. Um, so at the beginning of the race, they they make everybody line up behind them in the proper order. They keep the the field at a certain speed. You know, it might be eighty miles an hour. It might be ninety miles an hour. Whatever it is, uh-huh. uh, they keep everybody in line at the right moment. They pull off the track and you know they take the final turn and it's green Zoom. flag, green flag, and they go. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Okay. It. It serves a practical purpose, though, right? Very practical purpose. Yeah, it's it's extremely practical. It, it keeps everybody in line because it, it it forces everybody to remain at a certain you know remain at a certain starting point. I guess. Okay. Uh, it keeps everybody equal. They're the ones who just you know someone in the in the pace car is the one who you know looking back and making sure everybody's in the right position. Um, you know, there are other race officials that help with this as well. You know, spotters, but mm-hmm. um, they keep everybody in line. They're, they've got a very uh, pace car has a very important job. Okay, so it's not it's not just a ceremonial thing like a first pitch in baseball. It it is, but it also is very practical. It's not it's not strictly ceremonial, but uh-huh. it has become um, ceremonial ceremonial in a way. In that, um, you know, manufacturers are you know very proud of their pace cars that they put out there, and they've you know they're loaded with advertisements and um, celebrity drivers and we'll, mm-hmm. we'll talk about all this later but um, it's still very ceremonial ceremonious mm-hmm. as well as being practical during their actual race beforehand you know it may per, you know pace cars may participate in uh, parades uh, they may they may go to local dealerships and you know um, the driver may sign autographs they may you know it can be used in other ways as well 
Yeah, it already sounds like it's a lot more uh, multi-purposed than I than I originally thought. Yeah, and you know, it's not only just the start of the race. They they also come out during caution periods. Yeah, um, and they keep everybody at the pr- appropriate pace, and they they keep everybody slow until you know the racing can resume. So uh, they do have they, they serve a real purpose, and uh, it's it's safety. There, you know, I know that you uh, you love my completely incorrect comparisons but it sounds like they're the hall monitor of the racetrack you know what that's a pretty good one really yeah that's all right good. that's well, a hall monitor keeps everybody right in line and uh you know no one's allowed to pass you can't pass the pace car uh-huh. um you know they're very a lot of rules that go with the pace car as well so um yeah you're right well we'll see if we can to make up for that accidentally correct one we'll see if we can work in something absurd a little bit later i'm hoping you do thanks man i'm, I'm hoping maybe you'll, maybe you'll do it as well maybe we'll we'll all have our our crazy anecdotes i think i always say something absurd but we'll hey that's why we're here yeah who's driving these things though you said yeah you know um that's kind of crazy because there's this wide variety of people that you'll find driving pace cars you'll find heads of industry supermodels celebrities athletes um local dealers you'll find um you know, people that are involved in the actual building of the vehicles, the, um, um, well, I mean, the, the designers, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just this huge, vast, I don't know, variety of people that, you know, you wouldn't expect to see um, a supermodel behind the wheel of a, of a pace car, but you would. And then the next year it may be, um, you know, the chairman of Ford, or it may be, um, I think Lance Armstrong just recently drove one of these. So he's, uh, he's what, a bicycle rider. Yeah, yep, definitely. See, see, you hear what I, did I said? I said bicycle. <laughs> he's a bicycle rider. I, I don't know what the term is. Cyclist. For, okay, professional right. cyclist, right? Yeah. I, I'm, let's go with that. Yeah, sure. So you'll find um, celebrities, um, actors, actresses driving these things. It, it's just a, a big mix of people. It's whoever they invite. Do politicians ever drive them, you think? You know what? I'm sure they probably have. I mean, I don't see why they would be excluded from that group but sure uh, yeah sure probably the mayor of a place or a governor might oh i'm sure if they're if they're up for it i'm sure that they've been invited and you know accepted and this is something people are invited to do yeah that's right, right. it's a, it's a big honor to be chosen to drive the pace car for a certain event and mm-hmm. if you're talking about something like you know the daytona 500 or the indianapolis 500 these these iconic races um mm-hmm. that's a big deal it really is so it it seems now you have to pardon me here, Scott. It seems a little bit strange that pace cars do have a practical function that that is required for the race, but it sounds like almost anybody prestigious is allowed to drive them. Is there any training? I mean, what what do these people do when they're driving this car? That's a pretty good question, Ben. The uh, they they do have training, but it's. Um either a matter of weeks or a week ahead of time, ahead of the race, so they can get the feel for the car. Um, I'm sure that depends on a celebrity schedule or whatever, you know, oh, that yeah. they can get them yeah. out there. But they actually have them do several test laps. They tell them there's a, there's a lot that goes into this. They have to maintain a certain speed. I mean, you can't have somebody that's going to, you know, let off the accelerator in the corner and have a bunch of, there'll be a pileup behind you. And, you know, because oh, right. even though, even, this is another thing. Even though you're you're watching this and it looks relatively slow and that pace car's in front of them, mm-hmm. you gotta remember that they're going eighty or ninety miles per hour. So you're talking about like, you know, the top speed that you're traveling on the highway. They're doing that on the race course. It just appears slow because in a moment they're gonna be going two hundred or two hundred twenty or yeah. forty or whatever it is. So um it's deceptive in that way, but they are really traveling fast and you know, maybe it's a hundred miles an hour. I don't know. Uh-huh. Um I bet towards the end that's what they're doing as they pull off. 
Um, so there's a lot of training that goes into it because you can't just get behind the wheel of a car and expect to be able to drive it at 100 miles per hour on a track. Mm-hmm. There's, it's not as easy as it sounds. It's really difficult. You have to be able to find the right groove and the right, you know, you're going to end up in the wall if you don't know what you're doing. Now, we've talked a little bit about what they actually do in setting the speed for the race, setting setting the pace, if you will, and mm-hmm. keeping everyone in their proper position. Uh, we've also talked about how they come out when there's a caution to prevent people from zooming around at 200 plus when you have to get, you know, maybe if there's an accident or if there's something. Uh, yeah, debris on the track or debris whatever. Debris on the track, sure. yeah. And what I would have to ask is how do they actually get out onto the track after the race has begun oh um usually it's just a uh, there's an access road um mm-hmm. at the end of pit uh, the pit road they they park on the pit road and they they exit that way um so you know the vehicles come around under caution and you know the pace car pulls out when necessary and then the lead car follows in right behind them okay. so it's, it's actually a little more simple than you think it, they don't have to be at every different point on the track okay. at one time there's one point where it pulls out um so you know, it's relatively easy. Okay. All right. It does sound relatively easy. And you know easy. what? I got one thing I got to tell you about this yeah. because I just saw this this weekend. What? I saw a video clip online that's pretty disturbing. It was a, a pace car in France mm-hmm. at uh, the World oh, – let me see. Hang on a second. I got it here. It was the uh, the World Touring Car Championship, and it was a Chevy Cruze. Okay. This is the pace car. So the Chevrolet is obviously sponsoring, sponsoring the race or something like that. Sure. The Chevy Cruze is the pace car. Caution goes out. You know, there's some kind of action on the track. The the pace car pulls out, cuts at a real severe angle right across the track, and just takes out a BMW that's coming not at full speed but pretty fast, fast enough that the BMW lost a wheel. The driver's side door for the pace car uh, flew open. Both vehicles ended up skidding off to the side. It was a big mess. And, you know, it's pretty rare that you see that happen. Holy crap. um, I know. He just pulled it. It was almost like he didn't even look. But I'm sure he did. It was probably, you know, the vehicle came up too fast behind him. He looked, didn't see it, and then it was there. Uh, He obviously thought he was driving on a regular street. Yeah, that's right. It sounds like. And I tell you, you know, it's funny because right after that, the uh, the crew chief for the BMW team came over had, had some uh, coarse words to say to the race official mm-hmm. and then uh, was storming back you know they were showing it was a pretty dramatic clip really I mean when you see it you it's pretty you know, solid hit I'm gonna tune into it did uh so wait did this did this guy uh, who was driving the pace car you say he's a race official he was well he's a pace car driver um, they call it safety car pace car okay. Okay. safety car as well so pace um, cars are in pretty much every professional race. Yes. If yeah. it's on a, I guess, on a closed track, because they couldn't do it on a... Like a rally course right. or something like yeah. that. No, uh, that doesn't even come into effect in a rally course, because they don't have anything like that. Um, you know, the car in front of you could fly off the edge of the mountain, and you continue on. It's not um, It's not the same as on a closed course where you're, where you're um, you know, in a mile and a half, you're going to come back around and, and right. gather up all that debris, or drive through that oil, the same oil slick. It's not the same thing okay. uh, so they don't have pace cars in, in rally events but that guy man i you know i would it seems at the very least ironic mm-hmm. that the safety car would cause an accident yeah did you you saw this bmw after it got smacked right i did you think they could drive it no no oh. it was out it was it was in, you know that ended the day for him i'm sure oh that guy is so fired yeah yeah he's done oh man but who knows i mean it could have been some celebrity or some uh you know local sportscaster or whatever sure. driving that car you don't you just don't know who's behind the wheel i i didn't 
understand the language. For all we know, it could have been, you know, an American celebrity. Oh, the broadcast was in French. I couldn't understand it. Yeah. So I didn't know who was, uh, who was driving, who was at fault there. Well, but that's not the only one. There's another one that's even more dramatic. And, you know, this is another one that you can find online if you, if you search YouTube or something like that. Uh-huh. Um, you know, these are pretty rare. It doesn't really happen all that often. Oh, you're um, reading my mind. You uh, know that was the next question. Was it really? Okay. Yeah. The, this, this one happened way back in 1971. And this is the Indianapolis 500. And honestly, check this one out, this clip. You'll, you'll be shocked when you see it. All right. Here's what happened. A local Dodge dealer, his name is, his name is Eldon Palmer. And I think he still is a, a dealer there in Indianapolis. Uh-huh. Um, so it has a happy ending. I'll tell you that right up front so no one, no one died. Mm-hmm. Pacing the Indianapolis 500 in 1971, he's in a Dodge Challenger, I think it was, um, Challenger convertible, which is also kind of unique, because now you just don't see that anymore. You don't yeah. see many pace car convertibles, but he's in a, a 1971 Dodge Challenger convertible, and the the race starts. So uh-huh. he pulls off in the fourth turn, and he comes down the pit road just flying as fast. You know, he's going as fast as he was leading the pack, right? So the footage is that you see, the, you know, the, the start of the race. Most cameras are following that. In the lower right hand corner of the screen, you see the pace car flying down pit road, and it's not slowing down. Oh, no. It, it hasn't slowed down. Well, it turns out he had placed a, you know, during the practice runs that we just talked about, you know, we talked about practice. Yeah. He decided that he would place a cone, a, a safety cone or a, some type of traffic cone in an area where he, he could see it and it wasn't in the way. And he would know that's where I need to begin to slow down because he didn't want to slow down too early because he's still out on the track. He didn't want to slow down too late. Uh-huh. Um, so he knew right where he needed to start slowing down. Well, someone moved the cone. Whoops. And he was looking for this this visual indicator of where to stop right so he goes flying past the camera stand and <laughs> i mean really fast and this car's got four people in it and he goes flying past him realizes too late loses control of the car and skids sideways into a temporary grandstand that was set up at the end of pit road for photographers to shoot the beginning of the race oh so there's all this happening ben there's they're, the, the photographers are looking at the race, which is just to the left of where he's coming from. You know, like he's coming straight at them. <laughs> oh, no. He slides. They they slam sideways into the thing. The grandstands dump out onto the onto the pavement, and these guys are up on top of something. It's kind of like a movable thing. It's it's on a truck or a big scaffolding. Uh-huh. They fall onto the car, onto the ground. There's twenty some photographers injured into the car on top of the people that are driving it was just a big mess but holy crap if you watch the video clip you'll be you'll be astonished that no one died during this okay so it's that dramatic it's so really we can tough. say this pandemonium was funny now because no one died now i guess it's still when you look at it you'll, you'll I'll probably think, hold your breath i'll think somebody died when i watch it it's it's really severe yeah it is 1971 and it, and it, 1971 and you know who's in the car not only was the driver okay the driver is that um eldon palmer the yeah, driver palmer john glenn the astronaut was riding with him oh um, man because you know he's local you know celebrity at the time mm-hmm. uh, national celebrity and uh tony hallman who whose family owns the indian indianapolis 500 track uh-huh and uh, there's just some other sportscasters there's four people in there as well oh poor but, mr um, palmer way and, to way yeah, to uh and he'll never live it down Oh man, yeah, it's it would be a tough one. Yeah, it would I mean, be a if, tough one. If you Google his name, that's what comes up is that he wrecked the pace car at oh. the 1971 Indianapolis 500. Oh, it's, poor it's, guy. It's not you know his dealership or anything like that. Well, it's uh, it's this event. 
at least at least John Glenn is used to uh, rough rides, right? Yeah, I guess so. That's yeah, that's yeah. about. I'm really trying to find something positive to say. Oh, you know, there's nothing there. It was just it, it, just glad no one died. Yeah. Okay. There we go. Yeah. That's a lot better. Yeah. I was reaching on that astronaut comment. Yeah. yeah. So what what it sounds like you're saying is these accidents are pretty rare, but when they do happen, they're almost always astonishing. Yeah. Well, Surprises. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're it is a surprise because that's a safety car and there's somebody who's trained to do what they're doing and Mm -hmm. just like the racers you know but um and everybody's watching out for everybody else it's just you know these things happen you've got fast you know typically the pace cars coming out at a much slower rate than the than the uh, the race cars are i'm sure that there's a lot more accidents than these two that i'm talking Mm -hmm. about that probably happens all the time i'm sure that pace cars get rear-ended often oh yeah i would think (laughs) right because i mean you know you're pulling out into traffic that's going you know 180 miles an hour or whatever it is Mm. they don't know that the pace car is out there and it's going 75 so okay that's that's a really good point for us to go into uh what makes a good or bad pace car because when we talk about the accidents it sounds as though at least the two doozies we mentioned just a minute ago are due to human error Mm mm-hmm um, but but is there something intrinsic about a pace car that makes it a good pace car or a bad pace car? Well, they need to be really big, and they have to be very um, flat in the front, so they're not very aerodynamic. Uh, I'm kidding, Ben. Okay. No, okay. no, they have to be like <laughs> – no, you're looking at me like, yeah, that's right. No, no they're, um, they have to be sports cars or something that's you know pretty slick. Now, it, the exception to this is that if you've got a, a NASCAR truck event, you're going to probably have a NASCAR – or I'm sorry, you're going to have a – a truck as your pace vehicle um so it, it's kind of matched that way um that doesn't really jive for the rest of the stuff uh-huh. but um you're, for a truck event typically they have a truck pace car as well oh and our listeners don't know this but you've actually done more than just been inside of a pace car yeah you've driven a pace truck right yeah one time yeah i i was covering a nascar truck race mm-hmm. in homestead florida and, and gotten that spectacular wreck huh this, no 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 no, <laughs> no spectacular wreck thank goodness but um we were at a dealership doing some media stuff ahead of time you know uh, little autograph signings and that type of stuff you know with mm-hmm. drivers and um i was with the chrysler video crew and we were also going to cover the race and we had become good friends with the dealer and um, he had the pace car for, or pace truck, I should say, for the event there at his dealership, and he had it was time to deliver it to the track. And he asked me if I wanted to do it, and of course I jumped at the opportunity. Yeah. And um, no, it wasn't that far or anything, and I didn't drive you know super fast or anything, but you know it was fun to drive to the track with you know the light bar on top, you mm-hmm. know, going and you know actually driving to the track and everybody kind of you know parting, parting the way to let me through. It was it was fun. It was yeah. really really cool. You would do it again? I Yeah, it's a good experience. If you ever get a chance to drive a pace car, do it. And you know what? You can drive a pace car, but maybe not the one that actually paced the event. Okay, wait. No, you're lying. Are you serious? Yeah. We uh, People can buy these things? You can buy pace cars. And you've probably seen a few around. Um, Corv- you'll see a lot of Corvette pace cars, a lot of Camaro pace cars, things like that, sports oh. cars. Cars that have been pace cars in the past for um, – you know the Daytona 500, the, the Indian. We, okay. we like to hit on those big races, but right. there's a lot more happening. Sure, every race has a pace car, and they'll you know the manufacturer will make limited editions of of pace cars for for them that you know, are for sale to the public. They'll they'll deliver them to certain dealers. Maybe each dealer gets one, or you know select dealers win a competition and get to sell. Oh, I see this yeah. vehicle. Um, really, there's not much more to them than 
usually, I should say usually, there's not much more to them than a, a you know snazzy paint job and a, and a few decals and maybe an interior treatment that has you know logos embroidered into the seat back or something. Oh, so it's more cosmetic. It's mostly cosmetic. There are some, there are some cases where. Um, you know, there's a little bit of horsepower increase for that package or maybe an exhaust package or something like that or a possibly lowered, you know, wheel mm-hmm. package. But really it doesn't – it's not anything dramatic. It's not like a real race car or anything it's like not, that. It's not like a, a police car or a, the car of tomorrow. No, no, it's not completely redone. It's not gutted or anything like okay. that. It's, it's just a uh, – it's mostly cosmetic. Okay. But, uh, yeah, you can you can buy pace cars. I mean, check them out. You'll be able to find a lot of Camaros and a lot of – um, Corvettes are big ones as well. That's pretty. That Even is pretty Fier- cool. Fieros were there was a Fiero pace car for the Indianapolis 500 when the Fiero first came out. I think really? it was 1984. Yeah. I'm okay. Searching the recesses M- of my memory, but I was in Indianapolis when that came out, and um, I, I lived there at the time. Mm. And um, my dad happened to work for ABC. He was he was working at the track, and we got. To me, I tell you, when when that first Fiero came out, it's funny to look back at it now because it doesn't seem like much of a car, but <laughs> it was like a like something from space. It was unbelievable. <laughs> you couldn't believe this this car, how cool it was. Uh-huh. Um, this this Fiero pace car. So um, yeah, when you, it's funny when you look back and, and decide what or you you know kind of think of what was cool back then. And mm-hmm. now I don't know. I don't think I'd buy one now. Well, I mean, not not now, sure. No, but, but at the time, it was the you know the peak. It was the yeah the top end. It was, it was snazzy. Yeah, actually, uh, I've actually I had a conversation uh, with with my dad about some of the cars he bought in the past, and it, you would be surprised how closely it paralleled this conversation we're having now. <laughs> there was a lot of why on earth would you buy that thing, Did and I'm not. A- yeah, an Etzel or something like that. You know what? Uh, he had something very much like it in terms of reputation. So I don't want to. I don't want to be derogatory. Was it a Pinto? You know what? Was it, it an AMC Pacer? I can neither confirm nor deny your was, statements. Was it Scott. a Gremlin? <laughs> I'll just keep guessing all day. You're getting you. Yeah, okay. No. You've no. actually hit more than one. He's uh, got. He's got a bad history. More than one. I know, man. Oh, I know. Man. I know, I know. Oh well, He's, you know, at the time, you know, like we said though, at the time, you don't know that until uh, you have to, hindsight. You know. Speaking of hindsight, let's look back. You like this segue? Let's look back on the pace car stuff. I think you pretty much covered it. You got me. Yeah. I'm, I feel like I could. Uh, I don't know. I probably couldn't drive one. I'd be one of those guys who got in the wreck. But. I think you could because I mean, you go through a week of training ahead of time or something like that. Uh-huh. Um, I think you could do it. More accessible than they think. So if our if our listeners are interested. Maybe they could even write in and see, you know, at a local race and see what, what they need to do to possibly drive a pace car. I guess so. I don't, I don't know how that works, really, but maybe maybe that's possible. And, of course, Ben, you're available. So if anybody listening, you know, wants Ben to pace their event. Oh, please. Uh, please call in. Send us an email. Both of us would go. At, they, they seat four. At so. the drop of a hat. At the drop of a hat. Scott, you, you know what? I really appreciate uh, you bringing us in. I could tell you were excited. You want to take us out? Hmm. Now yeah, you know what? I'm gonna leave it to you because I'm uh, I'm left flat-footed here without all my information in front of me. So uh, take it away. Okay. Well, I'll take it away, <laughs> uh, guys. As always, thanks for tuning in and giving us a listen. I uh, hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you'd like to learn more about pace cars, please check out the website. If you have any ideas for a future episode, please send us an email at highspeedstuff at howstuffworks.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com.
And be sure to check out the High Speed Stuff blog on the HowStuffWorks.com homepage. writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Gene Fodor. Gene was wooden. But be careful, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. The CIA really need your help, Gene. Freeze, Americano! Gene, run! Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. right. 